You're listening to the So You Think You're Intuitive podcast, a podcast to help you reactivate, grow, and trust your intuition so you can live a more empowered and connected life. Join me, Natalie Miles, spiritual mentor and psychic medium, every Wednesday for inspired conversations, guidance, and practical tips on how you can work with your intuition in your everyday life. Because who doesn't want to trust their intuition more? Welcome back to So You Think You're Intuitive. I'm Natalie Miles, spiritual mentor and psychic medium, taking you on this journey to reactivate and trust your intuition. So I've got a really special episode for you today. If you've been listening to the podcast, you will know that I have been doing shout outs for people who were interested about talking around how they use their intuition in their work. And today we have Natalie Hayes. And I actually did a one-on-one client session with Natalie it must have been about three or four months ago. It would have been in August, yeah, summer of 2018. And just had an amazing connection with her. And when she reached out, I was like, yes, this so makes sense. Because I was like, why am I connected to Natalie? There is something important. What is this to do with? And now here she is on the podcast because Natalie is a nurse and she's a registered nurse and she uses her intuition every day being a nurse, but she's also um, a spirituality and wellness enthusiast and she's also a psych K facilitator and I want her to share more about that because I have absolutely no idea about it but it keeps coming up in my sphere. So hi Natalie, welcome to the show. Hi. I'm so excited that you reached out. Oh so am I. I full body chills when I did. Right and to be honest with you, you were the first person to reach out. What, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were the first person and your name popped up and I was, and it's funny how spirit work when I'm kind of remembering the client sessions that I've had, because I see so many clients, but they always give me like a snapshot of the messages and the session, what that happened. And I was like, ah, yes, Natalie. Amazing. I'm excited. <laughs> That's so crazy. So crazy. All in divine timing that we're chatting. Yes. So tell me more. I want to know, just tell the listeners like where you're based, what your life looks like and where you are a nurse and what your experience of being a nurse is about. Um, I started out nursing in Texas. Um, I started out in the ICU uh, and then came to Colorado with my now wife. And then we went and traveled. She's a nurse as well. So we went and traveled in Seattle and Ventura and Austin, Texas, um, taking like travel assignments for nursing and ICU. And then came back to Colorado and we settled down here and I now work in the ER. Amazing. And what was that like? When did you first realize or begin to realize that you were using your intuition in that environment? Oh, gosh. I don't, 
know that it was a certain moment. Um, you just talk about like having a feeling about a patient or knowing something about a patient or a doctor even kind of in a predictive way, like thinking you know how it's going to go for your shift. And it just happens so naturally, to be honest. I don't know that there was a certain moment where I was like, oh, I'm using my intuition when it just kind of comes with the toolkit <laughs> of right? being a nurse. <laughs> Completely. I love it because you do, you forget, people think that there is this light bulb moment, but you're just doing it because that's what you're there to do. Yeah, it's just instinctive. Mm -hmm. And part of that nurse instinct. And do you feel like that's something that you're trained to have or that it's just your soul calling that mm, makes you just have that? Um, I don't think it's something we're trained to have, but I think it is a common trait of nurses in general. Mm -hmm. You know, it just kind of comes with the territory when you're going into work, whatever environment that you work with, like it is a people service industry at the end of the day. And you work with so many different people every shift or every day that you're on that you learn kind of to tune into different energies and different people's energies and different scenarios to where like using your intuition is just like, it, you don't have to turn on that switch. It just kind of happens. I love it. Yeah. That might so make sense because it is that we're just walking through life and having those moments and it's when you start acknowledging that that's happening so for you does that come out of like you're worried about a certain patient and then that happens or what how does that show up for you when you're you're really being like okay I'm I'm really dialed into this particular patient um I can think of a few scenarios where I think tapping into my intuition, like basically just trusting what I'm feeling and taking action on it has come into play. Um, the funny thing is like when you are assuming care, for instance, I was an ICU nurse. So when you're assuming care for another person, you just kind of blindly trust <laughs> your gut feelings, your intuition, whatever you want to call it, because someone else's life is on the line. It's no longer just about me. So I'd say one of the most poignant uh, moments in my nursing career. I was a brand new nurse and the hospital that I started in was like a cardiac ICU, um, overnight shifts. There were no doctors in the hospital overnight. Uh, so if anything was going to go south, you had to call them and wait for them to come in. So trusting your intuition really was like a heads up for you to go ahead and like take the steps necessary to intervene. So I had a patient, um, again, brand new nurse, I don't know, maybe like six months off orientation, just so green. <laughs> and she wasn't even sick. Um, I had walked out of the room. It was maybe, I don't know, 3am around midnight or midnight to 3am came out. There's a central monitoring system so that I don't have to be in the patient's room to watch the monitor. Um, and nothing looked weird on the monitor, but I just got a feeling, you know, like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go check on her. So I go in, I walk into her room, and as I walk into the room, I see on the cardiac monitor her heart rate just dropping uh, rapidly, which is strange. So I look at her and I say, hey, are you okay? And then she just immediately turns blue, heart stops, we call, get all the other people in there, you know, we, um, we run a code. And she ends up making it, but I don't know, you know, what, what would have happened had I not gotten that little, hey, maybe you should go check on her. Right. That little message. It's all. And in healthcare, it's those milliseconds, isn't it? It's those. Yeah. Every second counts. Yeah. Wow. That is an intuitive hit and being there and being in that situation to help someone. And I love the way you said it's easier sometimes 
when it's someone else is on the line, life is on the line to really trust your intuition. That really makes a lot of sense because it can be hard for us to listen to our own intuition when it's our own stuff. But when it's someone else, we kind of get out of the way of it. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really special. And do you feel like you've always had a calling to be a nurse and be in the healing field is that was that something that you always wanted to go into you know I it's so funny because no one in my family is a nurse I didn't like I didn't grow up around nurses nobody even works in the medical field so I I, my mom after I'd become a nurse my mom showed me a piece of paper that I had written on in kindergarten and it's like three things that I want when I grow up. And the first thing was like a remote control pony and (laughs) lots of diamonds. And then I want to be a nurse. And I do not remember that. Like I have no recollection of that. But then going into nursing school, um, I went to college and I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, And I actually had a severe needle phobia. I would pass out. Anytime no way. someone came at me with a needle. And you're, <laughs> so, that's insane. And now you're a nurse. Wow. I know. I just kind of had a light bulb moment where I was like, you know, I think I want to do nursing because I can't see myself in a field that does not directly benefit the life of someone else. Mm, yeah. That's insane. So you got over, so you overcame your adversity, you overcame your fear and made it happen. Well, I, you know, I just recently overcame this fear. (laughs) It was not, it's fine if the needle's not pointed at me. I am fine. (laughs) Different story. (laughs) Right? That's insane. Past life with someone coming towards you with sharp objects. Yeah, the worst. (laughs) Right? Classic. And, um... Something else I wanted to ask you that kept keeps popping around in my head that I want to like ask you. Hang on a sec. What was the question that I wanted to ask you? Um, very cool at your younger age that you wanted to be a nurse without you even realizing it. I've it always fascinates me how when we're really young, sometimes we can have this dream and a vision of what we want to be and then it happens in that way and even if it's not the career that we want it's about as you said it's about I wanted to do something that serves others and how that starts so young with those values and that belief system and then we cut that evolves and then we make it happen yeah yeah because I definitely do not consciously remember saying I want to be and I think it was even in our session that you had said oh you've been doing this for lifetimes because you were like is anyone in your family a nurse and I was like no (laughs) yeah you so have it's so natural it's so part of who you are and what you're about to want to help and serve and and guide people back to connect you know to connect to who they are and what they're about yeah yeah so the medical industry around intuition and being in this kind of clinical medical environment, what have you faced around intuition and this medical environment and how that works? Oh, can I be frank? Go for it. <laughs> it is not, in my experience, something that is welcome to talk about, or at least like refer to it as your intuition. People tend to feel more comfortable in the medical community saying like, oh, I had a gut feeling. Mm. I even had a physician once 
say that it was magical thinking. <laughs> right. Magical like, thinking. Yeah. If I can't measure it, if there's not a lab result on it, then it doesn't exist. Harry Potter thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah, but isn't it funny how we need to, as humans, we need to label things. Like having that, like gut instinct is okay. But if yeah. we if we say it's something other than that, then it's a big no-no. Right. If we refer to it in like an anatomical body part sense, then it's real. Yeah. But it's it's real, it's logical, and there's science behind it. Yes. Oh, it's genius. And have you encountered any other nurses that have had the same thinking with you around intuition or is it mainly just everyone talking about gut instincts? I think there are just as in any group of people, a select group of people in nursing that know like, oh, I do have a special knack for that. Like this is my own personal intuition kicking in and this is what helps me in my daily life and my career. You know, mostly people that I attract. <laughs> um, my wife definitely uses her intuition. She, she, oh my God, we used to joke because we used to call her the angel of death uh, because every time she worked a shift when we did work together in the trauma ICU, uh, she had a patient die. And come to find out later that this is a part of her life path is helping people feel comfortable with crossing over. But she always had this gut feeling or intuitive hit prior to coming into her shift that, oh, this is going to be a night. Like this is going to be one of those nights always. Mm, wow. And then I work with some people, some really like empathic and compassionate nurses in the ER that I'm working in now. And they will, our ERs, like, I think it is the busiest in the state. So our nurses, we work really, really, really hard and the physicians are not always around. So we have all these patients and it's a high turnover. It's a high stress environment. But when you get those nurses that pull a doctor aside and say, hey, no, you really need to come look at this patient. Like I've seen some really beautiful advocacy for patients based off of their own intuition in this ER. That's beautiful, especially in those high stressed, quick turnover environments where you're trying to get people in and seen and helped and guided onto the next path and into the next hospital or to be, you know, or to be sent home. It's, it's important that people, that nurses are getting an opportunity to be advocates. Right. And in such a high stress environment, it's like, you don't even question your intuition when you have a gut feeling about something like, okay, we're going to take care of this right now. Yeah. And you're in it and you're making it happen. Mm -hmm. And being an ER nurse, if you, do you have do you have that those moments where you get have to be wary of certain people coming in or and you're having to read a person? Like how does has that ever happened? Sadly, it definitely happens. Uh, we see it a lot because we work with a pretty difficult demographic. So walking into a room, say you get an ambulance, you walk into the room, you kind of have to have the capacity to read the room very quickly because if a patient is going to be hostile or aggressive, um, you don't. You want to keep yourself safe first as a nurse. Um, and kind of instinctively, I found that we do that. We will stay by the door. We will, you know, we'll put some space between us and the patient until we can figure out a way to de-escalate the situation. Right. The power of instinct. Oh yeah. And in, again, in those situations, things can happen so quickly. So you really don't stop and think, "Oh, I'm using my intuition." You just do it. Yeah, completely. Is that instinct? that kicks in and protects you and guides you and just makes it happen for you. Yeah. You use the word empath 
earlier and you said that there were lots of nurses that were real empaths. It must be interesting being a nurse in in an environment like a hospital and being an empath and taking on all the emotions and feelings of others. Have you have you experienced that? Have you had to work and overcome be yourself being an empath in that environment? Um, Absolutely. I've definitely had to learn how to separate work from home and not bring it home with me. I mean, inevitably, things have come home with me in many ways. Um, (laughs) But yeah, you're just in this environment, you're around all this energy, you're around this like high adrenaline, high stress, and then you just kind of take it home. Um, And many nurses are empathic. I've, I've found in my experience, they can be so compassionate because they are reading the patient and their emotions and what they are doing in that, in that moment, how they're feeling. And I don't think many nurses know how to like, how to shake that off. Yeah. I, I, that's what I was, I was thinking, I was, I was wondering how many nurses do not, as you say, not know how to shake it off. If you were, if there's a nurse out there that's listening right now and you were giving them some advice on what you've done to shake it off, how, how have you done that? Well, a couple of things. Um, it's Colorado, so this is not available year round. But I love after a shift, if it's been particularly taxing or high stress, I'll go outside um, either during my shift or even after my shift and go and put my bare feet on the ground and just imagine the weight of the day sinking into the ground. And that's really helpful. Um, and then another one that I've heard that I actually haven't done, uh, mainly because I just go home and go to bed, but taking a salt bath after work, um, actually helps you kind of release that energy. I don't know if it's the salt that like draws it out, but you just kind of release that energy. Yeah. The salt's so purifying and will just cut all the energy cords from, from, all the negative energies that need to be let go of. And I love the idea about putting your feet on the earth. But as you say, being in Colorado, you could be putting your feet in cold snow. So that could be an option too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Classic. If you were to share any advice to any nurses out there around intuition and you know listening to that gut instinct is there anything that you want to share around like just really listening to that and trusting it yeah I mean I think maybe the first step for nurses especially since we're so clinically and medically inclined in our way of thinking very left brain very logical I think maybe just think back to times where they have used it they have had like a hey this patient's not doing so well I'm gonna go check on them or maybe this patient needs this, or maybe I should call the doctor about this. Just think back to those times when you have just blindly followed your gut feeling and know that that was you and that was your intuition and that you are powerful enough to trust it. Great advice. It makes so much sense. And yeah, just listen to that gut instinct and trust it and follow it and make it, yeah, make it happen because it's important to listen to those, those feelings and emotions. Yeah, and it's already happening whether you know it or not. (laughs) Right, completely. Natalie, what are your thoughts on men in nursing? Because it's such a predominantly women-heavy field environment. How does the masculine work within that, you know, very feminine environment? Um, I love this question. So I think 
it's beautiful to see men in nursing because since it is a predominantly female field, I think it's more accepted for women to be in tune with their feelings, to be nurturing, to be caring and compassionate and all of these beautiful things that nursing is at its best. Um, so to see men come into it, I think they actually relax and are okay with being nurturing and compassionate because it's not something that they're shamed for. It's actually an asset to be caring, to use your intuition as a man in nursing is a great asset and it is so welcome. Yeah. It's like the merging of the divine masculine and the divine feminine all working together as one. Definitely. I love seeing my male coworkers. Um, be sympathetic, be empathetic, uh, anticipate patients' needs, and then also following their gut instincts. Yeah, that's really interesting because before we got on the call, I was reading an article around, are women more intuitive than men? Do men really tap into their intuition and what that looks like? In a nursing level, what are your thoughts on that around men being less intuitive than women? Oh, well, I think that's, uh, can I cuss? I I think that's shit. (laughs) Swear away. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's bullshit uh, because it's the same environment, uh, be it you a female nurse or a male nurse, you still react instinctively and intuitively when things are getting critical. So men don't have a chance to stop and think like, oh, I'm using my intuition right now. We just do it just like the women. They just do it. I'm so glad you said that because- I was reading this article and I was like, I so don't agree with this. This is really, I was like, this is weird. Men and women are exactly the same when using your intuition and it's not based on our sex. It doesn't, doesn't resonate with me at all. No, it does not. Intuition does not discriminate. And I think that just kind of adds to the culture that men can't feel their feelings. Men can't be nurturers, be caretakers. I think it's all crap. Yeah, I completely agree. (laughs) What's your take, Natalie, on as we change, well, it's not as we change, but as how we work with Western medicine is shifting and how we're using different technologies and modalities to heal us. Like, what's your take on that? Oh, I feel so strongly about this (laughs) because I know that I didn't want to be a nurse forever. I just think that a lot of Western medicine, unfortunately, has gotten to the point where it's like, putting a bandaid on things like, especially in the ER, you come in with a symptom, you're looking for an answer. So what do we give you a bandaid, but we don't actually address what's going on. And then in this day and age in our country, unfortunately, primary care, like uh, a primary care physician is not readily available there. You have to have a referral or it takes two to three months to six months to a year to get in because your doctor's not accepting new patients. So I think this is actually helpful it looks like a problem because, you know, I can't come in and see my doctor. What am I going to do about so-and-so that's going on with me? However, this is where Site K comes in because it kind of puts the power back into the person's hands. Like you are capable of healing yourself. Mm, I love the body it. is highly intelligent and we do not give it any credit. It's so intelligent. So, so intelligent of regenerating itself and letting go of itself. Right. And then in this, you know, medical culture that we've created, we keep people sick, I think, because unfortunately, sickness makes money. I I was about to say, sickness makes money and it's all looped in with the hospitals and the agencies and the government and the money around all of that. And yeah, it all feeds each other, unfortunately. Yeah. So this segues really beautifully in because 
you're making a transition from nursing and are you doing more? I want to know more about Site K. Tell me more. How, you, how, how What's been the calling like to transition from nursing to doing more of your own work? It's actually kind of been difficult, like um, cutting ties with nursing, not necessarily cutting ties, but like allowing myself to move on from it because I picked it. Obviously, like I have some limiting beliefs about um, stability and security. And I picked it half because it's so stable. Like it's a skill set that I would have for the rest of my life. I'd always be employable, you know? Mm. So transitioning out of it, I've really had to do a lot of work on myself around trusting that what I'm going to go into is going to be successful. And I, I may not know that I'm going to have a steady paycheck or not, but that's okay because it's going to, it's going to come, it's going to work out in the end. So I've had to do a lot of work on myself around that. And then in finding Site K, uh, it's just been so beautiful the way that this has all come together. And actually I signed up for the first Site K workshop, um, the basic workshop, because it is approved by the Holistic Nurses Association to get like continuing education credits. So I was like, oh, you know, my medical brain. I was like, oh, that's credible. So love it. So I signed up for it and did it. And I had no idea the just the impact that it would have made on my life. Like it's so Site K basically, it's been around for about 30 years. Um, and it kind of plays into epigenetics and the way that your genes are expressed and puts the power back into the person. Like I don't do Site K on someone. I do it with them. I facilitate. So the other person, we call them the partner, has all the power. You have all the answers within you. It's just that I have been trained in this set of processes to guide you through it so that you can come to these answers for yourself. Oh, I love that. That sounds, uh, I'm all about that, you know, with my sessions around the answers you're looking for already within you. So this sounds really powerful. It is, honestly. And I've studied with Shaman Durek this year. I've had, I had a session with you and it was beautiful. And I've had sessions with multiple other people. I know my human design, I've got my astrology chart read, all this stuff that I felt like I was searching for all of these answers outside of myself this year. And even my wife pointed it out, like you're booking all of these sessions with all of these people to tell you what to do. Mm. And then Site K came in and it's kind of blended everything that I've learned together. And it's really just affirmed that, oh, I do know what I don't want and I do know how to get what I do want. Yeah. Like I am actually capable of creating these major shifts in my life. You just need to be able to look at what the limiting beliefs are from stopping you from making that happen. And I guess that goes on to like deep soul levels of, does that, is that how it works around removing that so that you can bring it all in? Yes, it's fantastic. So as a facilitator, I'll just listen to kind of what you're saying. And then we can pinpoint out of what you're saying, a limiting belief, like um, a fear, a lack mindset. And then we say, okay, well, how do you want it to be? So we come from this place of what do you really want? Okay, let's get you there and let's get your subconscious on board because we project everything from our subconscious. So if your subconscious doesn't believe you can do it, you can't, you're never going to do projecting it. That. Yeah. And it will just keep looping and looping and looping around. Right. And I've done some subconscious work this year prior and it just was like, guided meditations. It took about a half hour every day. And then I wasn't really sure if it worked, but Site K utilizes 
muscle testing. So we can actually muscle test to see, okay, this is a limiting belief. This is causing stress to my symptom. I'm going to take it through this process. And then you retest to see that, okay, now my subconscious is on the same page. Oh, that's cool. I love muscle testing. Muscle testing is phenomenal. Right? It's so crazy. Yeah. My mind was blown. Yeah. When I've done muscle testing, I'm always really shocked what comes through because you're like, nah, my body's not going to move to that. And you're like, oh shit, my body's moving to that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly like that. I had no idea the impact that it could have, but it is, your subconscious doesn't lie. Yeah. And it's amazing how it flows through the body. I've recently been doing it with food. Like you can muscle test with like food and say like what does your body need today and intuitively picking what you need by muscle testing Mm -hmm. that's amazing I hadn't even thought about applying it in that way yeah so you you um you ask yourself what show me yes show me no is um Mm -hmm. just standing up whether it's like for me falling forward like or taking a step forward is yes and taking a step back is no and then actually holding the the item of food that you're thinking about eating or you're unsure about what your body needs and then just, um, yeah, just doing that um, with the food. That's nuts. That's amazing. See, you're like, you're already doing it. It's just, it's so natural for your body to respond in that way. Mm, it really, really is. I've, yeah, I've done some other healing with strength testing and um, I, 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 it always blows my mind. It's like the body is insane. It is. And it knows, it knows what it wants. And honestly, it's not, it is your body, but it's also your super conscious. So it is also tapping into your higher power. Yeah. It's a real blend of the intuitive body and your higher self or however you want to label it, um, connecting all together to make it happen. Yeah, exactly. And another thing about Psyche is um, there is a certain process that you can go through. And I found this actually really helpful with me overcoming PTSD as a healthcare worker. There's a lot of like negative stigma around PTSD and like traditional therapy and going to years of therapy to heal it and all of this stuff. But honestly, there's this process where you think of the situation, you don't have to talk about it. I don't need to know anything about what you're going through. And then at the end of the process, which takes maybe two to 10 minutes, you reach a place of peace and non-attachment from the situation. Wow. In that short amount of time? In that it's it's so quick. This is what I love about Psyche is you can do all of this work on yourself, but if your subconscious is not on board, it's not going to happen. True. Yeah. True that. And that's interesting you say around uh, around PTSD within uh, within healthcare professionals. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, we don't even realize it, but to be honest, what what I know about the subconscious is that it only lives in the present moment. So PTSD comes from you constantly reacting because it's just below the surface. Whatever traumatic, stressful scenario happened to you, your reaction is just below the surface because it's it's continuously happening in the present moment. So like healthcare workers, you know, messy code situations, traumas, patients dying, patients becoming hostile, aggressive. These are all things that your subconscious is currently living. Yeah. I never thought about it like that when, you know, when you use the phrase PTSD, for me, the first thing that comes up is army or military PTSD. It's like, oh yeah, but I actually have never thought about it of healthcare workers having PTSD from the situations that they are experiencing. Oh yeah. I mean, there is a, there's a certain alarm that goes off. There's a code button in every room. And like when that 
button gets pressed and everybody is trained to jump up at that noise, that's kind of, that's kind of traumatic. That's like, I am trained to jump up at this noise and all of a sudden I am stressed. Mm. Yeah. You're in like fight mode. You're in making it happen. You're in survival mode for someone else. Yes. Yeah. And then the impact that that has on a cellular, spiritual, physical, emotional level is deep. Yeah. And then the stuff that we see is not normal. You see like healthcare workers, even like first responders um, don't feel comfortable really tapping into their feelings about the stuff that they've seen, but like they just need to know that this is not normal and it's okay to feel your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to feel it and not just push it down and right, it kind of, I guess it must go into like, oh, well, onto the next one. I guess you just have to push it aside and just get stuck back in again. Yeah, you do. You really do. You don't have time to deal with it then and there. But I found with Psyche, like there actually is a way to deal with it then and right there. But you can go back and kind of reach a sense of peace or joy or acceptance or gratitude about these traumatic experiences in just a matter of minutes. Amazing. So powerful. I'm going to go and have a look. I'm going to go and research a little bit more about Psyche because it sounds really interesting and uh, if you're listening out there and feel cool to look at psyche do it because it feels it feels like it's a really interesting technique it's it's wonderful learning how to facilitate it has been one of my most favorite things (laughs) amazing and you're listening to your intuition right now by making the shift between being a nurse and moving into psyche and Obviously, all the emotional roller coasters you described about like making that happen. Have you got any advice for anyone who is looking to make a shift from, you know, a job, whether it's a nurse or a doctor, to something else that's still a healing modality, but in a different way? Have you got any advice for anyone listening? Well, um, first, as a psyche facilitator, I'd like to say that there's a balance for that. <laughs> um, so you can always balance for it. But just do it. Honestly, if you feel called to do it, that's automatically an intuition hit that maybe this is something you'd be interested in. Maybe there's a message for you there. There's an experience there that you need to go through. So honestly, just following whatever has interested me this year has been so beneficial. If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be starting my own business. I wouldn't be where I'm at. Go you congratulations on making the shift it's so aligned and you're such a natural healer and you're just taking it to a whole new level and doing it your way thank you I'm very excited yeah I would love to share you some messages yes we did a session together when was it was it August I think it was October but yeah a little while ago okay October I'm I'm a couple of months out but let's give you some messages and see what spirit have for you today because there's been so much shift and change since October so let's see what how what they want to share with you okay um okay there is a frustration right now that things aren't happening fast enough and that you want them now does that make sense yes and you're not good when you're frustrated no (laughs) and you're driving your wife crazy with it i know (laughs) (laughs) she'll laugh at me for saying that she will but the message from your guides right now is like it's all in good time it's it's really building so that you can have this new foundation and they don't want 
it to be rushed for you because if it was rushed and you were like leaving nursing and doing the site K all at once, it would be not too overwhelming, but it just means that the foundation isn't grounded enough for you. Mm -hmm. And so they're just saying like baby steps, but that the shift is massively coming in like the end of January, beginning of February, and that you just need to let it unfold. Okay. I had a feeling it was around then, but. Cool. Listen to your own intuition as we've been talking about in the episode. (laughs) The answers are already within you. I get it. I get it. (laughs) But yeah, end of Jan, beginning of Feb is really, um, is really key of just allowing things to unfold and letting them see, letting you see how that flows. This came up in our session together, but moving or potential move around where you're going to be, that's still on the cards. Okay. So they still think that it's a possibility? Yeah. There's still a possibility of a move or a reshuffle around what home looks like or where you're going to be based. There's still this need to be more in nature. There's still a need to be more connected to nature um, because you both are so connected to needing to be, you know, balancing city life and, and, and country life. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. You guys really need that. It's, it's important for you both. Oh, I love that. Have there been, um, it's like, are you guys trying to make a decision around Christmas around either what to do or where to, or what to get? There's some lots of like big decision making around Christmas or something's not landed around Christmas. I would say the only thing coming up around Christmas was I'm, you know, considering making this transition, um, around Christmas, like leaving my current job and starting my own business around then. So I don't know. Does this have something to do with that? Let me just tune in. Hang on a sec. There's going to be like an opportunity to go somewhere or see somewhere or see someone that it feels more like on a day-to-day basis versus like big life change around Christmas. There's something around like working out who you're spending time with over Christmas or that there's there just feels like there's up in the air plans around what that looks like or there there or that there will be like an opportunity that will arise that hasn't come up yet okay around Christmas yeah around the holidays and and friends and meeting people and and who not who you should spend Christmas with but where and yeah that just feels like there's some interesting stuff coming up around like meeting people that's really interesting because we're so we're going to see my family next week in Texas um and then we're going to celebrate on Christmas Eve with her immediate family but we don't spend time with her extended family um she grew up Mormon so does it have to do with her extended family um yeah, there's either going to be like other invitations or there's going to be, yeah, there might be a pull to see other people or, yeah, I just think there's going to be some real interesting family dialogues around who spends time with who over Christmas. Okay. Yeah. And there's an energy around that you guys need to spend one-on-one time together and that you need to make sure that you're carving out time together that that is not just you guys chilling at home or being in different 
states with your respective families but how mm. you can spend quality time together that's not just being in the house okay yeah oh we really need that she's been saying that so cool that's nice I love it yeah that's what's massively <laughs> coming in it's like it's important as you you know because she's up leveling too like in new ways like she's really stepping into her intuition she's really stepping into her power she's really stepping like like really broadening her horizons and stepping into her confidence and so you're both kind of up leveling together but it's important that you how do they want me to just describe it that your energy levels are matching each other at the same at the, at this time so this is why it's important to spend this one-on-one -on -one quality time together because it's kind of like you need to reconnect your energy but also like get back on the same energy field is how they want me to describe it okay yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense cool love it anything else that they want to share quick um have you been changing what you're eating or how you've been eating there's a food change that's been going on with you yeah I'm not eating as much meat I've just been eating mostly plants like fruits vegetables okay um hang on a sec what do they want to share around that um, this food change is only going to continue into 2019 where you're going to be eating very minimal um, food, like animal products. Um, you might eat fish more than meat, but there's a real shift going on around your, yeah, around the, the meat products that you're eating. Yeah, it's really interesting. I found that it just, I, I feel so much better. Not, I'll eat fish, but I feel way better eating a lot, like a veggie heavy diet. Yeah, that makes sense because they keep showing me fish that you're still going to eat fish, but the meat's not going to, um, the meat might not even be there. Interesting. Oh, I love that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but it is, and it's because you're channeling, you're, you know, you're back in, you're working with your intuition, you're getting your, your, your body's becoming a clean vessel. And the more that you step into the, this work and the more that you step into what your soul's calling you to do, you're being asked to have this clean energetic vessel so you can hold space for people. Oh, that's beautiful. I just have, yeah, I've been feeling, I've been doing it probably just unconsciously. So Right. You've been tuning in, as you say, the answers are already within you and you've intuitively been like, okay, less me, more of this. Yeah, exactly. Just tuning in. Perfect. Thank you for letting me read for you. Thank you for reading for me. I really appreciate it. Natalie, where can people find you? Where can people find you on Instagram? Where can they know about more about Psyche? Share your info. Um, so I'm on Instagram at intuitively Natalie. Love it. Um, all one, no spaces or anything. And then it's really easy. My website is www.intuitivelynatalie.com. And I have an intake form if you're interested um, in having a session or in more information about Psyche, just shoot me a message. Perfect. And while you transition out of nursing and doing more Psyche, I wish you all the luck with it. And I'm excited to tap back in and hear more about your journey. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you.